You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan 217. David and I are going to talk about dinosaurs, theme parks, uh, jerks, and uh, a little bit of uh, Reddit. Not fans. Check it out. And it is tech fan number 217. I'm Tim Robertson. And hey, there's David Cohen. And we, boy, doesn't it seem like we just recorded a show, David? Yep. Yeah, the week's flown by this week. Mm -hmm. Of course, we did a show Monday this week because we missed last week's Friday. And now it's Friday again. And so, kind of two shows in one week. That's okay with me. Yeah. All the merry. Absolutely. So I went to an amusement park on uh, Wednesday, took a day off from work, took the kids up to Michigan's Adventure. And, um, you know, technology shows up in the weirdest places, you know, mm-hmm. some of the stuff that they have up there now, it's pretty sophisticated compared to what, you know, you and I would remember enjoying back in the eighties or the seventies yeah. going to an amusement park. But it, it's kind of funny that the things that get the most attraction are the tried and true things. It's not the. It's not the big screens or anything like that. It's it's the bumper cars. That's what Cole wanted to do and Brooke wanted to do. First thing we got to the park, bumper cars. <laughs> right. You know? And the neat thing was they had actually had brand new bumper cars. First time I've ever seen new bumper cars. So these are the regular ones with the uh, the kind of tail up the back that's going to an electric grid in the ceiling. Yeah? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the kids love that. It's It's one of those things that neither one of them are very good at it, but they just have a good time doing it. Yeah. And when I was a kid, that might have been one of my favorite rides at the amusement park, the bumper cars, because I wanted to drive so bad when I was a kid. Were yeah. you like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, the, I, I think the big thing I remember particularly was, uh, you don't see, maybe it's a British thing, you don't see bumper cars here that often anymore. No? Um, That's sad. But... Uh, but I remember going to uh, the Magic Kingdom in Orlando to uh, to Disney's Magic Kingdom, and they have that um, they have that ride where you can actually drive a car kind of on a track. Yeah, they have that at Michigan Adventure yeah. too. Yeah, it only moves about ten miles an hour, but yeah. it's a proper it's a proper petrol driven car, um, and it's constrained by a uh, there's like a steel uh, track in the middle that means you can't kind of go off lane. Yep. But the point is, is you you are driving a real car. Yep. Um, and that's that's kind of the big thing. Cole and I did that. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I forgot to take my uh, my vitamin pills this morning. So I, was, <laughs> I just looked over and realized I didn't do it. Because this morning, I had to have... My, my father had eye surgery yesterday. And it went real well. And uh, I got a new lens and all that. And uh, it's weird. You know, you and I are of a certain age where, you know, growing up, and, and for those who are in their 20s right now, and you look at your father who's in his 40s, maybe 50s, your dad's always the strong one in the family. You know, he's always the tough one that he's the rock. But something happens when you get it to your mid 40s, doesn't it, David? It does. All of a sudden you realize your your parents got old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, even 
even as, as a man in my mid forties, you notice that things don't necessarily work as well as they used they to. They don't, and it's all downhill from here. My dad's had kind of spotty eyesight his whole life, <coughs> so he had a surgery on his left eye. <clears throat> but I noticed, um, you know, he well. Look, see, my dad's a Vietnam vet. Mm-hmm. He lifted weights his whole life. I remember watching him in the basement of a, of a friend of his, and he had a son my age too. So um, in that basement, they had this weight bench. We'd go down there and watch our dads lift weights. Mm-hmm. And uh, this friend of my dad's was 6'5", a big guy. Yeah. And he could bench press like 275 pounds. My dad, on the other hand, could bench press over 300 pounds. Wow. So my dad was always this very strong, not a big guy. He's the same height as me, about six foot, five, five eleven, six foot, but just you know, big, strong. Yeah. He's not that guy anymore. No. And uh, so the, for those who are younger than David and I, be prepared for that. <clears throat> but anyways, I had to have my father back at the Veterans Administration Hospital because as a Vietnam vet, he can get free health care there mm-hmm. and uh you know you hear the stories you know, oh the va hospitals this or that and they're not run very well i tell you what it was a great experience for my dad they, yeah. they did him right but i had to have him have him there at six forty-five, and it's an hour and a half drive so yeah yeah i was up pretty early this morning <laughs> yeah but yeah been there done that with the parents have to get them some, somewhere early for a medical appointment it's yeah, uh it's what you got to do yeah, exactly. And I, you, you can't drive if you have yeah. eye surgery. <laughs> it's kind of difficult well, you, to do. You could do, but it would be entertaining. Well, maybe not for the other drivers. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, so it's it's been a busy week. I've had to get up early three days in a row. And when I mean early, I mean four or five o'clock in the morning or earlier. Well, five o'clock's not too bad, but four o'clock in the morning is, ugh, that's brutal. Mm. And, uh but it was fun, you know, going to the amusement park with the kids. And my favorite thing was this place called King's Island. They had this ride. It looked kind of like a old-fashioned water tower. Mm-hmm. You get in it, you lean against the wall, or you stand against the wall, and it starts spinning really fast. And you stick to the wall, and the floor drops out from underneath you. Oh, yeah. And I you're just stuck there. Yeah. Those are fun. Those are neat. They don't have stuff like that, though, anymore. No, well, a, a lot of rides like that um, are now deemed to be a bit too dangerous. So, because uh, hmm. the, the problem with the ride like that is that if the spinning mechanism breaks down for any reason, <laughs> everyone's going flying everywhere. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> but I mean, they, it, it only dropped like three foot. It wasn't. Yeah. But when you're is, seven years old, that's a big drop. Yeah, and well, not only that as well. If if something like that were to fail, it wouldn't kind of gracefully slow down. It would probably stop very suddenly and. You uh, you know they they don't like these rides that that you're not secured in anymore. But having said that, there was a there was an accident here at a theme park um, here in Britain a, a few weeks ago, where uh, this is a, their very latest ride. So it's an ultra modern uh, roller coaster, computer controlled, kind of all steel tubes, and you know goes upside down seven times, something like that. And this accident that happens is not meant to be able to happen. The computer is meant to prevent more than one ride car being in the same part of the track at the same time, but it yeah. didn't. Uh, and uh, a car came off the ride, and it, it went into the back of, of a stopped vehicle in front of it um, at not a particularly large speed, but the thing is those things are not designed to survive impacts. Right. And uh, the, the 
the four kids who were in the front got really badly hurt. Um, you know, a couple of them had to have legs amputated, and uh, pretty much all, all four of them have got uh, what what's turned in the newspapers here life changing injuries. And you know, it's um, it's stories that you hear like that, which let's be honest, aren't common, but common enough that we've all heard them. Yeah, that makes me kind of question the whole driverless car thing. Yeah. Because look, well, I, the, the, the Mac has been around since what, 85, 84? Yeah. And is it a perfect thing? Does it never crash? You know what I mean? It, yeah. And now we're going to sit in a car and we're going to go 70, 80 miles an hour down the road and you're not in charge. You're sitting there reading on your book. I don't know, man. The, I don't the, know. The, yeah, the, there's a, there's um. I was talking about about these things the uh, the other day with a colleague of mine. We she was we just had a new website built, and she was asking about um, failure values. You know, you know, you know. They they talk about ninety nine point nine nine percent uptime and this sort of thing. She right. said, "Well, what does that really mean?" So I translated it for. Her. I said, "Well, it means that ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time it will be up, but point oh oh one percent of the time it will be down." And if you think about that, that's that could be, you know, four minutes a week, or it could be an hour and a half um, a month, or it could be four hours a year, or whatever the figures were. And she went, wow, 99.99, I never realized it could be down for as much as four or five hours. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is the problem with, uh, put that into driverless cars. If you can say, right, they, they only ever fail, and that failure might cause an accident, 99.99999% of the time. So the chance of an accident happening is pretty small. When you've got hundreds of thousands of cars on the roads, that's still quite a lot of accidents. It is, and it's still less than human-driven cars. Yeah, but... and that's that's the problem. That's the perspective you don't get. The thing is, is what you what you fail to realise with that is, if a hundred people die every year in uh, in accident, if it's all computer-driven and there's a hundred people die a year in accidents, there'll be lawsuits, there'll be there'll be um, politicians saying we must again, and they, and they will ignore the fact that today on the roads is what I think in the US it's like forty, fifty thousand people are killed on the roads every year. Yep. Here in the UK it's fifteen, twenty thousand people. Um, you know, it's it's effectively they go on about terrorism, they go on about plane crashes, they go anything. Like Driving a car is one of the most dangerous and risky things you can do. And almost everyone listening to this right now is doing exactly that as we talk about it. Yeah, Be careful absolutely. on the car. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you as somebody who had a bad car crash. Exactly. I mean, you know, you, I had a car crash which could have killed all of us. Absolutely. We chronicled you know? that right here on Tech Fan when, you know, yeah. out of nowhere, David wasn't on the show for a while because you were in a back brace in the hospital. That's right. Yeah. And then we talked about it here on the show and we kind of progressed through your recovery until. Now we'd barely even mention it because it seems like it was so long ago, but it wasn't very long ago. It was only, and it, only, only two years ago. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's, you know, thank goodness that you're all still with us because it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. But the difference between the accidents that we have now and ones that are caused by a driverless car is how many accidents are avoided because of the driver. That It should have been an accident, but last minute he... he did something to avoid the accident. I can't tell you how many times I've almost got in a very serious accident if it wasn't for my driving skill. And not yeah. to brag here, but I'm actually a really good driver. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I see a lot of stupidity out there. I've avoided a lot of accidents because of my skill. Yeah. Having said that, you would hope a driver's car would be good enough that even if it can see an accident is going to happen, it would do things to minimize the um, 
the injuries to the occupants. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how many times have you... I, I've seen a couple of accidents or near accidents on the roads where, where basically somebody has lost control. And what then happens afterwards is a lot could have is a lot worse because they don't know what to do. I've seen guys skid skid out and spin round and hit things where you just think, oh, if you just hadn't hadn't turned the wheel so hard, hadn't tried to overcorrect something like that, you probably would have been okay. Yeah, don't but hit the brake. Just take your foot off the gas. Yeah, yeah, it, it's absolutely. And, and we would all like to think that the driverless cars would solve all of world's problems. It won't, but I do think that. At least on the highways, because I think it's going to be more dangerous or more problematic on city streets. But at least on the freeways, especially the super freeways that we have here in the United States and Europe, it would it just makes sense. I mean, yeah. we already have cruise control. You know, it's you don't have to hit the gas pedal. It just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I don't know how we got on that topic other than the fact that I did a lot of driving this week. <laughs> a driverless car would have been nice because 95% of it was on the freeways. Yeah. And you point the car in that direction and it just goes. And uh, my daughter, Cole, decided, of course, going to the, the Michigan's Adventure. Uh, he was going to listen to his own music or the game music, whatever game he's playing on his you know iPhones or iPads or whatever he's got in the back seat. Brooke decided that she wanted to listen to the hit station on Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting old. <laughs> you didn't like any of it. No, there were some I liked. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, honestly, some of it's really good. But oh, there's some of it that's just, wow, so bad. And so yeah. derivative of stuff that used to be. There's, you remember that, uh, I'm going to draw a blank on it. Uh, well, I guess it doesn't matter. There's just this one countryish song. Uh, Something Joe was the old one. Cotton Eye uh, Joe. Cotton Eye Joe. There's yeah, a new Cotton song that sounds almost just like it. Mm-hmm. I hated the first one, and this one is even worse. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god. And um, it, it's as it's exactly the way it was back in the day. And I thought, yeah, this is Sirius XM, so. There'll be more variety, even on the top hit song channel. No, no, no. Every hour, same songs repeat. Mm. Oh, I can only take yeah, that so much. You know, I, I was reading, I was reading something uh, online about this this week. We've we've talked about um, how uh, Beats Radio on on the Apple Music service, uh, what's it called, the uh, Beats One, Beats One, yeah, yep. is uh, you know how you, how you went. Oh well, they, you know they've they've reinvented the radio and it's all. And we we also talked about how. Um, American, in particular, American commercial radio has become such a shadow of its former self. Yep. Because, and part of that is because of the automation that's yes. been, in, you know, the, there is there are very few DJs actually lining up songs in in radio stations anymore. It's all it's all done by computer. Yep. Um, uh, the links are done by computer. Uh, sometimes the shows are all pre-recorded as well, so um, the DJ's not actually there. Um, and that's part of the reason that that you know commercial radio has become so bland. And at, at least here in the UK, we have 
we have the BBC radio channels where they've never done that because they don't have any commercial pressures. And, and that's where many of the people who are now on Beats One come from this kind of, this idea where you have your own show and you choose the music and you play the stuff that you're interested in that you personally want to promote because it's good and it's new and you're not being driven by, uh, you know, an A&R guy and, uh, a music station manager who's who's looking at his advertising revenue is it's just basically uh, is that um of course there was you know, a lot of under the table payments for those guys though a lot of, well of course there was and uh you know yes it was never as it was it was rarely just the oh yeah the, the, this is just what this guy likes right um you know, we've, we, I think we'll recognize that. But having said that, it's better than, than having pre programmed, yeah. Having pre programmed, you know, this is what the music, music company want to promote this week. Um, but I, I've got to admit, I'm, I'm seriously falling out of love with Apple Music at the moment. I could, I could live with the, I could live with the, with the interface problems because I know those will be fixed over time, but I'm just finding it just doesn't work properly. It doesn't, and it doesn't, no. and I, and like I mentioned before, it doesn't seem to understand what I already have and what my preferences are. Well, even that I could I could live with. But what I'm finding is, so I've I've got playlists that I've created since Apple Music came out. So I would create them on my on my phone using using music from the streaming store. Not this is not my own music or anything like that. I have and those playlists. It will uh, I have, several of them will, will just play only about two about a third of the songs, and, then and it stop. will just play those and nothing else. Um, Weird. It just skips other songs. I was, I was, I'm, I'm. Oh, and I lost David. That happens sometimes. I think Apple. Oh, I'm on hold. I didn't lose him. I'm on hold. So something happened on his end. Maybe the phone ringing. Someone walking into the room. Nope. Now I lost him completely. <laughs> and he's not even on Skype. Ah, uh, well, with me and Apple Music, I will say while well, we wait for David to come back. I was pretty harsh on it on uh, last week's show, or technically this week's show, you know, whatever. The last episode, let's put it that way. And I was equally harsh on it on the latest episode of OWC Radio, um, which I hope, by the way, you guys are listening to that show. Uh, I, I have some great people that I interview on that show, most of whom I've never met. I don't know who they are. And I don't do a lot of research on these people before I have them on OWC Radio. I literally start talking to them. And that's what you hear me saying to them and their answers is the first time I'm hearing it as well. So I hope you're listening to OWC Radio. But like I was saying, um, yeah, I w- I was, I've been harsh on Apple Music on both shows. Go ahead, David. Yeah. Yeah, I sorry about that. Somebody just called me and my uh my iPad just put the call through and cut Skype off. <laughs> <laughs> this is more So, important. uh yeah. So, yeah, I've got songs that just won't play. They you can go and pick them direct search them directly out of Apple Music and they'll play there. But if you try and play them in the playlist, they just won't play and it'll skip two-thirds of the playlist. And and I thought maybe it was my phone. I tried it on my uh, on my computer today. I went to iTunes. Uh, I picked a particular artist. I, I started playing one of his albums. Then I saw he'd got a song that was more recent, and it was listed there. And I went to click on it, and it just wouldn't play. And, <laughs> you know, if but it, it, it it's almost... I can imagine that what's going on in the background is the iCloud service just can't cope with some of the requests it's got. So when you request something and it can't cope with it, it just doesn't do it. Well, there's uh, an and, option... And yeah. There's an option that you don't have to stream it. You can actually download it to your device. And that's what I've been doing since day one. I, I hear something that I like. 
Um, well, here, I'll give you a prime example. I'm watching, uh, I, I went and saw Ted too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to go see Ant-Man maybe later today with the kids. But I went and watched Ted 2. Uh, couldn't take the kids to that, obviously. No. And there's a song in it that I really liked. And I was literally the only person in the theater. So I pulled out my iPhone. I held down the button. I said, Siri, what song is this? And I'm whispering it, you know. Although the soundtrack was really loud, so I could have probably talked and nobody would have heard me had there been anybody else in the theater. And it turns out it was a song called Mean O' Moon from Nora Jones. And it, and it looks like it's a brand new song, although it sounds like an old song. And I really dug it. So I clicked it, and I added it to an existing playlist. Then when I got out to the car, I went to that playlist, and it has that little cloud symbol. Mm. I clicked that, and it downloaded the song to my phone. When I got home, it was it showed in that playlist, but the cloud version, the streaming version. So I just clicked the little cloud, and it downloaded the song. Yeah. Now, that will only work until... I end my subscription to Apple Music. Yeah. But that being said, being able to download and listen to any song without paying for it, well, technically I'm paying for the subscription. Yeah. That was kind of neat. I kind of like that, to be honest. But I, I've got playlists where I'm I'm doing that and the song won't even download. Yeah, that's, uh, and, there's an issue what, there. That's weird. And, yeah, and what happens then if that on that playlist... And when you go to play the playlist, the songs that only end up playing are the ones that have successfully downloaded. Mm -hmm. So I've got a playlist of 20 songs in that will only play four of them because they're the only ones that manage to download the device. I, I mean, it just it just doesn't work reliably. And that's the problem with it. It's got to be rock solid because you know what? All its competitors are. And you do that stuff in Spotify, it just works. And I, and I said I can't be easy on Apple about this because... They're on. They're on track right now for, to next year make fifty-eight billion dollars in profit. Yeah, profit. And th if you're making that much money, you're this successful, and you've been in the digital music business since day one, the legitimate music business. I mean, it was because of iTunes that Napster pretty much went away. Yeah. And you can't get this right. There's just no excuse for it, David. There just isn't. No. There, you don't get a pass on this Apple. I'm sorry. No, I, I completely not agree with you. And you know, I, I would. I'm prepared to put up with interface issues in the app because I, I am too, to a certain extent. Yeah. Because you got to have the usability studies, yeah, and, and see what's really working. Uh, you know what? People don't like it this way. We should change it. That's yeah. fine. I get that. I mean, they, but, they're still doing that iOS and, and macOS for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, that's. But, yeah, but the core function of the app, which is find a song, play a song, yeah, that's got to work. And if that doesn't work, I mean, it, that's that's pretty bad. So, I mean, I'm obviously the, we're on a three month trial. I'll give them a bit more time to see how it goes. But if then if in the next few weeks it doesn't improve, then then I'm I'm gonna I'm st I'm gonna cancel my renewal. I'm gonna go back to Spotify. And um, for me, the uh, the use case that I gave about the Nora Jones song, yeah, if I wasn't an Apple Music subscriber. The only difference would have been through the whole thing is I would have paid a dollar twenty nine to buy the song instead of ten dollars a month. Yeah. And how many times am I actually using Siri or uh, what was the other one? Shazam. Uh, yeah. Is that the name of it? Shazam. Shazam. Yeah. yeah. How often would I actually use those things to capture a piece of music to find out what it is and then buy it? Well, and the problem it, as well is less than ten dollars a month. Yeah. I could tell you that. Yeah, but but even if you were a hardcore music fan, you could pay Spotify the same money. Uh, and you could have that same experience. Yeah, and it, it just works. It won't, won't be quite as well integrated because obviously you won't be able to use Siri to 
find you the song straight away but nevertheless it, it wouldn't be wouldn't be that far behind no so um, but look, here's i just want i've got something i want to rant about though before we uh yep. before we move on from this because you and i have just given apple a hard time over this sure i i saw an article yesterday that gave an apple hard time from a, a site um who i normally respect and normally i respect the quality of the journalism on journalism on it but they really dropped the ball on this this was on imore uh, and it, there was an article written by Serenity Caldwell, who's a well-known Apple journalist. I've met and her. she, yeah, yeah. And normally she's very good. She seems to have her head screwed on straight. She seems to know what she's doing. But this, this was a very, very wrong-headed article. This basically is criticising Apple because if you're an Apple Music subscriber and you've just bought one of the new Shuffles or Nanos, you can't download Apple Music songs to them. Yeah, that makes sense. I'd be a little upset if I was going to buy one of these if I'm on a Wi-Fi network and I can't. Well, yeah, but a Shuffle doesn't have Wi-Fi. What she was complaining about is she well, can't... Shuffle is... She can't take her... Well, that's what she was complaining about. She, was, she says, I can't uh, download a... Mu- I can download a piece of uh, streaming music to, uh, to my app- Apple Music to my iPhone. You know, just like you did, Lenora Jones' song. Right. She's saying, I can't then sync that song to my Nano or my, or my Shuffle. Well, mm-hmm. duh! Of course you can't. Why is that? And and why is there an expectation you would be able to do that? Um, from a technology standpoint, we understand why that's not possible. But from a pure buyer's perspective, if I have, if I don't have an iPhone or an iPad, I have an iPod Nano, and I get this new music thing on my Mac, I do kind of expect to be able to play that music on my Apple-approved portable device. I, Why can't I, dis- I? I completely disagree with you. I, I think anybody who has, an, who has a regular iPod nowadays, with the iPod have been in the market for 15 years, fully understands that's for syncing the music that you own, not music you've downloaded off the internet via streaming. I don't know. I, I, I think everybody recognizes with the streaming service that if you sync, if you if you're able to sync that music to listen to offline, it's part of the streaming service. It's not something you can then, you know, it's like complaining that oh well I I I I uh, got that Nora Jones song and I downloaded it from Apple Music. How come I can't burn it to a CD now? Well, of course you can't. It's got to be connected to the streaming service. And if you have devices that can't do that, then they're not going to let you do that. I don't know, because I can do it on my iPhone if I take it in airplane mode. I can still listen to it if I've downloaded it. Yeah, but it. it's an iPhone. It's connected to the streaming service. It's a it's a cloud-based system on a cloud-based device. I don't know. There's there's easy workarounds. Not for the shuffle, but for the touch. You can just get a message that says, please connect to iTunes. But I don't... I'm sorry. I, I disagree with this this tech attitude which is i've thought of something i should be i could do so how come i can't do it i agree with you there but in this one particular instance apple releases a new music player that's not compatible with the brand new music service that they just introduced there's a disconnect there oh it's not unused the the nano and the shuffle are not new they change the colors they're exactly the same inside apple's saying they're brand no they're yes you're right but apple is promoting (laughs) that they're new Apple's barely promoting them, to be honest. Not even the front page of the Apple Store. They don't even have the iPad thing at the top anymore. No. No. Yeah, and the one they are promoting, which is the Touch, actually does do mm-hmm. exactly what she was complaining about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lean more towards you in uh, this, my friend, but I kind of get the... Uh, there is a disconnect there. 
Yeah, I. We, the the point is the tone of this article. Well, I didn't was, read it, so I can't yeah, comment no. on that. But the tone of this article was very much, you know, Apple should let us do this, and here I've got three, four technical ways this could be done, and why aren't they doing this, and it's stupid, and all this sort of stuff, and, it, and there was none of none of the there was no dispassion about it. Yeah. There was no uh, objectiveness, which, I mean, the way I would have written it was, no, you can't do this, and here is the ov- very obvious reasons why, and yes, it might be possible for Apple to do this in the future, should they be interested. Oh, but by the way, the iPod's a tiny little market now, uh, yeah, and if you want to do this, go and buy the Touch. Yeah. Let's take a quick break, and David and I will be right back. Hi everyone, it's Guy from the MyMac.com podcast, and I'm here to tell you about the show. I wish Gaz was here, but apparently he's too busy, so... Hey, hold on a minute, I'm right here. What are you going on about? Well, I was about to cut a promo, but you always seem busy doing other things. Okay, now you've cheesed me off, so I'm turning you into a chipmunk. (laughs) Sure, like you have the power to do that. Well, what did you just do to me? Like I said, I turned you into a chipmunk. Now be quiet while I do the promo. Why do I have a sudden craving for lettuce? The MyMac.com podcast is a fun look at all the goings-on in the Mac world. We involve the listeners in a show to talk about what's important to them and interview people who do amazing things with their Macs and iOS devices. A carrot might be nice. You can contact us via Facebook, Twitter, Skype, as well as email. I have an urge to climb trees really fast. Shh! Find us in iTunes by searching under my Mac. You'll find us and a lot of other great shows all under the Stoplight Network. Hey, I can scratch behind my ears with my foot. If you promise to be good, I'll change you back. I don't know. I'm kind of digging the fur. The MyMac.com podcast. Done by a Brit and apparently now a chipmunk. Back here on Tech Fan number 217. We love to get feedback from you. Easy to do. Simply send it to the show at techfanpodcast.com or comment in uh, the show notes at techfanpodcast.com. Of course, if you're on social media, and pretty much everybody is, we are on Facebook and Twitter. We're at techfanpodcast in both places. So check us out there. We uh, post occasionally. We need to do it more. We understand that. But, hmm. It is what it is, right? <laughs> I've been extremely busy lately, and I know you have, too. Yeah. Although I have written more of my book since the last time we did a show. Cool. I got another thousand words done. I've, Very good. I've broke the 13,500, and I finally figured out who my villain is. So. Do you do you have a target length, or are you just going to no, keep writing until no, it's I'm, done? No, I'm writing till it's done. Yeah. I, I know what happens in parts of the book, but I don't know how the whole thing's going to wrap up yet. Because I'm trying to decide as I'm writing this, perfect timing, of course, whether I want another book or two or ten with this character, or mm. it's a one shot. So this is you're kind of getting yourself into a George R. Martin situation. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> if I can have a one eighth of his success, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We do have um, an email came to me, I believe. I don't know if it went to the show at or it came directly to me. Uh, listener Donna Campbell wrote in and she says, catching up on old episodes today and I'm listening to 192 as I write this, uh, which has been a while now. We're at 217. So yeah. that's like, what, six, seven, eight months ago? Something like that. You only figure four a month. So mm-hmm. it's been a while. 
She says, just curious, how far are you from Metro Airport? You mentioned it is only two turns after you hit I-94, and I live in New Boston, only about 15, 20 minutes from the airport. Nice to hear someone local on a Mac podcast. Keep up the work, good work, guys. Looking forward to Mike talking about technology and education on the second half of the show. So, that's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as Metro Airport, what she's talking about is Detroit Metro. Now, mm-hmm. for OWC, I go to a lot of trade shows, and I fly quite often. Um, unless it's in Chicago or Detroit, I'm I'm jumping on an airplane in Detroit and flying somewhere. Uh, in two weeks, I'll be in Boston for a day. It won't interfere with TechFan, but I'm literally, David, flying to Boston in the morning, going to a show, shopping it to see if it's something we want to do next year. It's an educational show. And then around uh, 7 o'clock, I jump back on a plane, and two hours later, I'm back in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And then I drive two hours home. That's always the fun part. So I'm in, uh, Donna, to answer your question, I'm in West Michigan. I'm in Battle Creek. So it's it's a two-hour drive for me to get to Metro Detroit. So I'm not really local, but I kind of am. I mean, Donna, you're close enough that if we wanted to have coffee, we could actually do it. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not metro that, uh, or I'm not local enough that I might run into you at the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our feedback for this episode. We'd love to get some from you. Like I said, very easy to do. Simply the show at techfanpodcast.com, and we will read it right here on TechFan. David, this is uh, something that happened last week and the week before. This is kind of um, well. I am not a contributor at Reddit. Mm-hmm. It's a community that I find, honestly, kind of distasteful. <laughs> There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of, let me just say meanness. Yeah, it's kind of like the um, the redneck bar of the internet, really, isn't it? Mm. I think that's probably an apt description. Not all of it. I don't want to. I don't no. want to paint with too broad of a brush. No, but the bits that get all the press. So they had this, they basically fired their communications person. Yeah. And the admins all kind of rebelled and, and made all their groups private so nobody could use them. Mm-hmm. And eventually they fired the person who fired the person. The CEO was fired. And now there's a new CEO there. And, of course, this person is saying, oh, we're going to change things. But they're really not because... Um, <laughs> I read an interview yeah. and and the whole point was we want to make it more accessible. We want to make, we want to get rid of the hate, Yeah. but they're not actually going to punish anybody. <laughs> they're changing some of the names of the groups. There's a couple that they're banning, like the rape group. Yes. Yeah. There's a rape group on Reddit. I have to say, this is a piece of crap company. That yeah. has a business built on volunteers and has groups for raping women and has had that for a long time and they've done nothing about it until now. This is deplorable. This is the worst of the internet. Now, I know if you get a link on the front page of Reddit, you can see a lot of traffic to your website. I I, I hope nobody posts this on Reddit and people from Reddit come listen to this show because I think it's the wrong audience. If your business promotes raping people, maybe your business should go away. That's all I'm saying. 
Well, this is an interesting thing. I mean, you, you, you've got a land, you're in a land there where the right to free speech is enshrined in your constitution. Well, but but my yeah. business doesn't have to ensure your free well, speech. You can have free speech in your yeah. living room all you want, and you can go on your front yard and start talking free speech. But if you go in your front yard and start screaming hate speech at people when they walk by, that's not legal. I can't just well, go into yeah. a movie theater and scream fire and cause yeah. a stampede. That's not legal. So, I, well, And I'm a yeah. huge proponent of free speech. But there's a difference between free speech and groups dedicated to raping women and owning a business that profits from groups like that. Well, that, I think that's the differentiator, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I, can't, I kind of come down where you, where you do on this. Yes. I, I mean, Reddit, Reddit grew out of that, you know, those early days of, of the Internet and the Silicon Valley bubble where it's, you know, whereas the Internet's going to be different. The in, Internet's going to be unregulated. The Internet's going to be where we can do things that we can't do in real life. Right. Uh, and I'm very sure that if they were forced to directly defend the existence of slash rape or slash anything else. I mean, there's all sorts of other pretty deplorable groups on there. Yeah, exactly. They would say, well, just because people are talking about it, that does not mean that we are allowing or endorsing anybody doing anything that's illegal. And I would say, Um, yes, you are, because you allow this group to continue. Yeah, well, exactly. That's that's a bit of a fudge, really. Look, I I think what, what this whole episode has shown is that is that Reddit as a business organization is a shambles. Absolutely. Has been a shambles for a long time. The reason that the moderators, who were all volunteers, reacted in that way when the, uh, the the lady who was fired was the one who organized all the and, and organized all the Ask Me Anythings, which are a very popular part of Reddit where you get um, celebrities or people of interest on and uh, everyone can have a, have a chat with them. Um, and they basically, they this lady was fired because Reddit basically said, we don't need her. And they said, yes, we do. We can't do this without her. We're, if, if, if she's not there, we have to do all that work and we aren't doing it because we're not paid. Um, and so that's why they react in that way. But actually, the undercurrent for, to this was that Reddit treats these people pretty badly all the time. And effectively, they are the engine that makes the site work. Yep. And they do it for free. Um, and Reddit takes the profit, uh, and these guys are basically sick of being pushed around by Reddit. So here's a you group know. of people that Reddit treats like crap that makes their business work. Yeah. The interface on Reddit is one of the worst ever created. It is yeah. the, the, the interface and following conversations on Reddit is atrocious. It's it's almost incomprehensible that anyone even wants to use it, let alone it's as popular as it is. It's, well, it's yeah, a shitstorm like- when it comes to UI. It's like it's like something that was written twenty five years ago and has not changed since. Exactly. Yeah. And they're profiting off of hate speech and, and and hatred and bigotry and not all of it, don't get me wrong, there's some good things that happen on Reddit, but that doesn't overshadow the negative, in my opinion, at all. Uh, well, in fact I, it only yeah. it only to me makes the, the bad stuff even worse because Look, this is what you could be, but instead you choose to be all-encompassing and al- allow this kind of hatred. And and I, I, you know what, Reddit has been very good at at differentiating those parts of their business. I mean, President Obama didn't ask me anything once, sure, and I'm sure if he'd been 
or him and his people have been properly aware of the existence of the white supremacist or the rape group, they might not have been inclined to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet Reddit is very good at and even their even their response to this now is they're not talking about deleting some of these groups. Exactly. They're gonna hide them. Yes. They're gonna they're make gonna it more difficult. They're gonna make them more difficult to find. So mm-hmm. they're basically they're gonna allow it to continue, but in a way that, that they say will 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 basically let, make them less easy to find by accident. But you know, to be honest with you, for people who are deliberately looking for a rape group, I'd want to know who those people are and maybe uh, go and have a word with them. Yeah, I'm with you 100. percent And again, there's a difference, yes, between saying something and doing something. I totally agree with that. And you shouldn't necessarily go after people because of something in their brain. You know what I mean? Mm. But when you start joining groups about raping women. That there's a crossing of a line there. There just is. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying everyone is, has to, to be like you and me, David. You know, it'd be a b- very boring world if it was, but there's the right way and the wrong way of doing things. And I think Reddit is the wrong way. I'll give you another example. There was a man arrested because he never helped some teens in a car crash. In fact, you know what he did? Yeah. He, he, he filmed them. He yeah. filmed them. He got in the car with their camera, with his phone, and filming it and calling them stupid. One of the kids died. Yeah. The car was on fire yep. when he was filming it, by the way. And other people were trying to get them out, and he's there filming it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and this guy said, I was just trying to show how, you know, blah, blah. No. He was being a self-righteous dick. Yep. He'd seen this accident, had seen it came... It did, let's, oh, let's not put any bones about it. Apparently, the kids who drove this car and crashed it were driving like idiots. They, sure. they most definitely were. But he was so up himself that um, he had to get this on film so that he could post it on YouTube and yep. maybe sell it to and the Facebook. news organizations. Then it never crossed his mind that actually the human thing to do is to help the people who are in a car crash. Even if they had inflicted it on themselves. His name is Paul Pelton. So if you know Paul Pelton, he lives in Ohio, you should stay away from this person. He's scum. Anybody who would do this. Wow. I mean, if that was my child who died in the accident, regardless of how crazy they may have been driving, Paul Pelton better keep his camera running at all times because something might happen to him. Mm. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Not saying it would, I'm saying it, it, it might. Um, but, so, this guy so, is scum. Yeah. So this is the. Thing. I mean, this sort of stuff is the dark side of technology because it allows uh, things like that and a Reddit rape group. It allows people to bring out some of the uh, less pleasant sides of their personality that normally uh, the kind of the norms of society kind of force you to keep to the back of your head. So you think no. that some of the social media is kind of allowing people to express these opinions and the side of their personality is coming I, out because of social media? I, I think I think the power... Well, let's take the Pelton thing in particular. The power of affirmation you get from posting a YouTube video where you ridicule somebody's stupidity. It was, particularly, it was Facebook, by the way. It wasn't oh, right, YouTube okay. that he posted. All right. um, but particularly if there's got that element of schadenfreude, of being able to say, look, they were idiots, and then they got what was coming to them. This, the, the positive affirmation you get from posting that and then getting a whole load of people weighing in agreeing with you is very powerful to people. 
and and I think I think what it does is it is it is it encourages people to do things that in in other circumstances they probably wouldn't do. I don't think this guy was ever going to be the sort of guy who was going to get in there and pull those people out of their car. No, uh, and I don't I, expect everybody to be that. No, Although if I saw no. this, it's the first thing I would think to do. Yeah, me me too. Um, but but the point is is that is that without the without seeking that affirmation, that craving, that that endorsement by his people who are who are like minded, he never would have taken that action. He probably just would, would have walked on by. Possibly, I, I you, there that you got a good point. You know? you know, if there was no Facebook or YouTube, would he have filmed this? Would he have got into a car with? Well, there was, if kids there was that no, are dying, yeah, and just there was filmed. No, there was no smartphone cameras. He wouldn't have been able to film it. You know, is that is that a good is that a good thing or a bad thing? This is the this is this is where it comes down to, and it just comes down to the technology itself enables you to do what you want to do, but actually that doesn't remove the responsibility for you totally um, agree. thinking about what you want to do. Absolutely, and unfortunately, the human species have usually done the right thing let's be honest most people and i'm sure everyone that's listening to this podcast would have done the right thing most people do you know i i don't want to become a cynic and i don't want people to assume that i think that you know there's more bad people out there than good I'll give you an example uh, i saw some hidden footage they did at this mall and this is like maybe two or three years ago i saw it on youtube where somebody purposely dropped their wallet and there's mm. money in it. Not a lot. It was like 40 bucks. And there was, you know, a credit card and a driver's license. And there was a card in there, a business card with the guy's cell phone number. What do you think happened that people that found this wallet? Most people called him up and gave it back. Everybody did. Nobody kept any of the money. No one tried to use a credit card in a store. Everybody called his cell phone number. Hey, I just found your wallet at the mall. Because the people that are going to the mall are going there to shop. Yeah. They're not there to steal or anything. They're they're just like everybody else. And everybody else, for the most part, are good people. They, they really are. Most people are decent people. I don't care where you live. And when you have a 24-hour news cycle that we do, when you have the social media outlets that we do, when you can go on to YouTube and watch a beheading, most people don't watch that stuff but if you're into that kind of culture you're right this technology that we have today be it cell phone cameras or youtube or social media allows you to get more into it more it, it's sad though yeah it is but unfortunately it's now easy to find um, even if there was a tiny percentage of people who were into those things, who like to watch beheadings for whatever reason, you can find those people because the internet connects everyone together. Yeah, and then you can start self-reinforcing. And, but the uh, opposite and is true, and let's not let's not let's not downplay that at all. The opposite is absolutely true: that you can find good people that are willing to help others. Yeah, uh, charity donations are way up since social media exploded. Way up. Um, fundraising for sick kids, and you know some of the most popular videos uh, just a couple years ago was fathers getting home early from uh, Iraq and 
um, Afghanistan and surprising their kids and wife. Those are hugely popular videos. That's a hundred percent positive. You know, yep. look at, look at how this excited and happy this child is because their daddy's home. And you're not human. If a couple of those didn't tear you up. <laughs> yeah. So the responsibility, like David says, is on you, is on me, is on him, on how we use these tools. And I think most people use them responsibly and for good. Unfortunately, the ones that don't are the ones that make the news. Yeah. And it's kind of a self-perpetuating wheel. It just what keeps I, going. What reassures me about the, uh, the, the guy shooting in the car is... Um, you know, the police in the States have, have had a pretty bad rap the last, you know, couple of months, yeah. really. But the police in this instance, they 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 took the guy in and they went looking to find the law that he had breached so they could charge him with something. Yep. They weren't prepared to just roll over and give him a, um, you know, give him a talking to and say, look, this isn't right and everything like that. They went and found something that he'd done that was a crime. Yep. So that they could charge him and get him in front of a judge. Who, who, uh, and even if, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not expecting the guy's going to get jail time or anything like well, that. Well, he can get 30 days in jail and a $500 fine. But the point is, this is the sort of guy who needs to be put in front of a judge and have a judge in a court tell him that what he did was wrong. And then maybe, just maybe, he and people who see this story will learn something from it and say... You know, don't throw your humanity out the window just because you've got well, here, something. Here's, here's the, the flip side of that, David, is that he wanted to post this in his own words because he wanted to educate people on safety. That That's what he said he wanted to do. Well, okay. guess what? He's got another thing that he's teaching people. What, yeah. what, a, jerk. what a jerk he is. Yeah. And it's all over social media and it's all over the news. I started Ars Technica. It's only a matter of hours at this point that it'll show up on cnn and usa today and and uh whatever here in yeah. the states and it'll probably make international news as well i mean you knew about it i knew about it yeah i saw, I saw it well i saw it on the tech sites as well but i would imagine it'll make i would it imagine so. this will be on the daily mail right. website tomorrow so um, if you were this guy would you yeah. rather go in front of a judge and explain yourself there or would you rather what's going on in social media and the news about it i'd rather go in front of a judge because that's yeah. going to be over with quick so this guy's teaching people another lesson, and I hope people like him get the message loud and clear. There's a right way and there's a wrong way to behave and to be a socially responsible person in society, and if you're not those things and you step over the line, you could be crucified in the public opinion using the same tools that you use to, to be a jerk to begin with. That's my hope, anyways. Rant over. <laughs> Let's talk about amusement parks some more. <laughs> uh, last thing I wanted to, to mention. You, did you see uh, the new Jurassic Park movie? I did, yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it, too. I, uh, I, I, as, you, as I think I've mentioned before, I'm on this program at the moment to educate my 12-year-old son in... in films that i think he should watch because right. obviously you know he'll watch all the latest stuff but the stuff from 20 30 years ago that that i think he should see uh it's mixed success got to be honest i tried him with class in cancer the third kind uh he wouldn't watch it with it. <laughs> that's 
that's kind of a highbrow movie. I understand. Well, I wouldn't I, show yeah. that to girl because she would be bored to tears. Well, it's, it's just, I, I knew it was a bit of a punt, but um, there you go. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, 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 I showed him Jurassic Park and uh, I put it on his iPad, and he, yeah, he was he. I, I think he thought it started a bit slow, but once once people started getting eaten, he was more into it. Yeah, Cole, um, I will let watch Jurassic Park, because he was yeah. way into this Jurassic World, all the commercials, and he got the Lego game, yeah. and oh my god, he's all dinosaurs this, and it, yeah. Cole was walking around, this is all I could hear for like three days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, you know, the, yeah. the Jurassic Park theme, yeah. it just kind of cracked me up. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of take the view with that one that uh, I probably will having having seen the first one. He should probably watch the latest one and probably not not bother too much about the the middle two unless he catches them. No, the they're bad. Well, in fact, yeah. the last one is pretty violent. I mean, a lot of you know when it's in L.A. Yeah, it's a bad movie to begin with. And yeah. Jeff Goldblum can't carry a movie by himself. He's a great supporting uh, character, but by himself, mm, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, um, what I was going to say, what this was leading to anyways, is that there was a story up on CNN. Uh, They just released in China this almost perfect fossilized dinosaur. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, feathers. Yeah. That's so interesting to me. Yeah, apparently um, the dinosaurs look like really big birds. Even the big ones. Most I, of them look like really big birds. I th- I thought that was probably the case for a long time. So, it, interesting enough, they did kind of cover that in the movie um, because the, there was there was a, a point where they where they you know they were berating the scientists with the genetic manipulation of something, and he kind of said something along the lines of. Well, you know, we mix with frog DNA. That's why they turned out the way they did. And he he almost he almost kind of said, "Well, we made them look the way we did because we thought that's what they were meant to look like, and so we kind of manipulated them that way." And I think that was the writers kind of trying to say, you know, don't turn around to us and say that the dinosaurs look wrong because, you know, <laughs> obviously they're trying to cover their track. I just went to Cole's playlist on his iPhone. Here's the first song on it on his playlist right now. So, yeah. That, that, I mean, he, he just he he sings the music. He wanted the he wanted the non-picture novelization of the movie. Wow. Well, we couldn't find it, but we did find yeah. one that had pictures in it. And he just he listens to this, and he looks at the pictures in the book, and he reads the story. Wow. I mean, he's reading. You know, he's going in. Oh, there's a good part, by the way. John Williams is such a brilliant guy. Um, he he is going into the second grade, but he's reading at the beginning of a fourth grade level. Yeah. And, you know, I, as a proud dad, I'll put that out there publicly. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I think it's fascinating that they found dinosaurs and that they're kind of starting to prove that, you know what, probably all dinosaurs had feathers, but they don't know why a, a big dinosaur had feathers. They couldn't fly, so what's the point in no. feathers? A mating thing? They don't know. But I'm trying to debate whether I want to tell Cole that, you know, that big, scary Tyrannosaurus Rex probably had feathers on it. <laughs> I don't know, David. What's your opinion? Do you think 
A Tyrannosaurus really? fax with blue in- and red feathers is scarier than one that I, looks yeah, like leather? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, think, I think something that kind of doesn't look as fierce as it actually is because it's covered in feathers. In some, ways it's, in some respects, it's going to be more scary when it turns down and eats you. I don't know. You know, people think, oh, they're more like birds. What's there to be scared about? Go go next to a big, full-size turkey that wants to come after you and tell me it's not scary. I've had a turkey Wait. come after me. And- there, was a, there, was a, there was a story in the newspaper here yesterday about a woman whose dog was killed by seagulls. Yeah? They, mine, uh, mine, they, mine, mine, mine. Yeah, they, they basically <laughs> they, they keep on they keep on um, they've been stealing the dog's food or something like that. Anyway, she put the dog out on the on the on the balcony, and uh, four seagulls basically pecked the pecked the thing to death. Jeez, you know, I mean, birds are if birds are fine if they're far away. Birds up close are not actually very nice at all. Oh no, birds are jerks. When I was a mail carrier back in the late eighties, early nineties, oh, I lost David. Uh, yeah, it says iPad ring again, uh, uh, and I'll continue and uh, before he comes back to wrap up the show. When I was a mail carrier, uh, there was these uh, one street that I was doing quite a bit, and between these two houses, there was this bird nest up in the tree, and it, it had babies in it. So if you went walking between these two houses, the bird would literally dive bomb at me and hit me in the head. Now, it felt like a balled-up sock, to be honest. It didn't hurt. But I thought, wow, I, it's, there's no way I'm a threat to the bird. It's, it's 35 feet up in the tree. But yet this mama bird flew down, whacked me right in the head every time. I thought it was you know hilarious. why she attacked you? Because she's a little tiny feathered T-Rex. Yeah, well, and that's exactly right. They, their DNA is coming from the dinosaurs. Everybody goes, all the dinosaurs were, you know, went extinct. No, they didn't. We eat them on Thanksgiving. It's called a turkey. That's where the dinosaurs went. <laughs> well, with that, David, I think it's time to wrap up this turkey of a show. And uh, <laughs> I'm good next week. You good next week? Uh, should be. Great. So we'll be back here on Tech Fan again. We'd love to hear your opinion on dinosaurs. Dinosaurs with feathers. Scarier or not as scary? Let us know. The show at techfanpodcast.com. Bye, David. Bye.